Welcome to the Ask a Club Fitter podcast. Answering your questions on all things golf equipment and club fitting. Here's your host, hoping to help you play better golf. He's a PGA professional, founder of Tour Fit Golf, and has worked with some of the world's best players. Tom Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm coming at you today with uh, a bit of a punchy episode, just based on uh, a question a listener has asked, uh, and I'm going to dive into this in a little bit, a uh, bit of detail. Uh, but first and foremost, a little bit of housekeeping before we start. I would love it if you guys, uh, if you were finding value in these podcasts, if you've been enjoying them, uh, and you think someone else would enjoy them uh, or find value in them, whether it's a golfing buddy or, or, or anyone really, if there's an equipment geek that you know, uh, please, please make a recommendation. Uh, we, we don't have any sponsors on the podcast. Uh, I'm not going to say we never will, but um, we don't have any pod, uh, any sponsors. And um, I would absolutely love it if you could make a little recommendation to someone uh, or even share them on social media. That would be uh, unbelievable. And just, just don't forget to tag us in. Uh, at TorfitGolf59 on Instagram. On to the, this week's podcast. Uh, like I said, uh, this is based on a question which has been sent to me uh, on WhatsApp. I assume uh, this person has gone onto the website and uh, found my uh, WhatsApp details and sent them across. And uh, for you listeners, you, you are very welcome to do that as well. So I'm going to dive straight into this question. And then right at the end, we're going to do the draw for uh, the free golf balls, uh, which I advertised a couple of episodes ago. Um, but this question has been sent in uh, around uh, wedges. So I'm going to read out the question first. It's a bit of a long question, uh, and uh, hopefully there's going to be a, a valuable answer that comes at the end. So a bit of background information on this player. He's been fitted for all of his golf clubs in the last six months and uh, all of his equipment before that uh, were bought from eBay and uh, his wedges are are more than 10 years old. So uh, an interesting transition there, which is, uh, which is good. It sounds like this player is going in the right direction in terms of trying to optimize performance uh, via equipment, which is great. And it's really nice to hear. And the question is uh, over the last couple of years, uh, golf has become my main hobby slash slash obsession. Uh, I can relate to that. Uh, the only clubs I haven't renewed is my wedges. And uh, for all the listeners, if they're not followed, uh, all the other clubs have been updated in the last six months. When I'd done my iron fit with a good fitter, he told me what grinds and lofts would be good for, for me and gap in. Since then, I've read and watched a lot of videos about people getting their wedges one slash two degrees flatter. I see you have recommended this for your highest loft also. What shafts do you think uh, I should be playing in my wedges if I've been fitted for stiff Nippon Modus 130S Flex? Um, My handicap is around seven at the moment, if that's uh, enough info required. Thanks in advance for the podcast. Keep them coming as I've binged on them all in my last two days of work. Uh, I'm not going to mention his name just in case uh, he gets into any trouble with work. But um, first of all, thanks for listening. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. Uh, And I know I've gone into a bit of detail in another podcast uh, regarding wedges, but I'm just going to go through this once again. Um, And uh, yeah, we're going to dive into this in a little bit more detail. So 
it's very common for uh, wedge fittings to be done at the end of an iron fitting, almost as a bit of a uh, an upsell, if you like. Personally, uh, I've, I've not done that very often unless the player has requested that we do the wedges there and then. Um, I normally put the wedge fit in into a completely different uh, session and often recommend that the player gets his new irons first just so we can actually get a gauge on how far the new pitching wedge is going. And as you all would know, you know some of the distances that some of the new equipment generates these days is is very very different to equipment of old even equipment you know equipment going back seven eight nine ten years ago um so i always think that it's really good to get your um your pitching wedge you're going to be playing if it's a new pitching wedge or pitching wedge in the bag so we can really assess what kind of performance that you get from that pitching wedge so that's first and foremost and one of the reasons why i don't recommend uh, doing a wedge fit in uh, on the back of an iron fit in because Typically, you're going to be testing a seven iron and an iron fit in, and you wouldn't have hit the wedge, and you've got no no idea how far that's going to go. Um, but when it actually comes to the wedges themselves, um, it's it's a really good question. And even when I was surveying uh, the the bags for the players um, at the Live Golf event a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, it's very very common for them to have different uh, different wedge shafts. Um, and different setups in their wedges compared to um, compared to the irons, and I'm gonna just quickly go through this and give you a very quick example. So uh, Ian Poulter, Project X 7.0 irons uh, shafts in his irons, and he's got two different shafts in his wedges. He drops down uh, two flexes. Uh, into an LZ shaft in one of his wedges and then it's got a dynamic goal S400 tour issue um, in other wedges I'm going to go down and find uh, another player let's have a look um, Louis Oosthuizen dynamic goal X100 tour issue in the irons and dynamic goal S400 tour issue on X in the wedges Let's have a look. Uh, Phil Mickelson has got different uh, shafts in his wedges compared to his irons. Uh, it's a very, very common theme, and I don't want to go through this and um, and bore you all with all of the information. But the reason why I've gone through it is just to kind of show you that you know this is not just something which you know amateurs should be doing. It's something which the best players in the world um, are, are doing, and th- there is a reason for it. So. If we actually take a step back here and we think, well, you know, why is it so common that, you know, there's different shafts, different setups in the wedges compared to the irons? Really what we actually have to think about do, uh, think about is the, the demands of the shots that you're playing with those type of clubs and what actually changes. You know, so when we're delivering the, the club to the golf ball, what is actually changing? So first and foremost, if you think about it, with a lot of your wedges, you're going to be using these at much, much lower speeds compared to a full shot. Now, if you took your seven iron as an example, don't get me wrong, there's going to be occasions where you might hit it a little bit easier or you might hit it a little bit harder and you'll probably hit it a lot um, you know, with your standard swings. But with a wedge, 
whether it's a sand wedge, gap wedge, lob wedge, whatever it is, you're going to be opening the face, closing the face, you're going to be hitting it 40 yards, then you're going to be hitting it 100 yards. You know, the variation from uh, those clubs or the demands of the shots from those clubs are far, far, far wider than, than a normal club which sits in your set from four to pitching wedge as an example. So the speed that you're going to be applying to the golf ball and the forces that you're going to be putting through that club are going to change all the time whether it's 50 yards, 40 yards, 60 yards, 80 yards, you're going to be putting different amounts of speed and pressure into that golf club. So just based on that, it would be very, very sensible for you to think about setting the clubs up in a way where they're not only set up for full shots and putting your maximum speed or somewhere near your maximum speed through that golf club. Why don't we set them up so that you know, in a way that especially with higher lofted clubs that you can you can still get a little bit of feel. You can still get lots of control through all of those shots where you're going to be applying slow, a slower speed to. So the, the, the demands of the shot change massively with the wedge. Absolutely massively. Um, what we're trying to do, especially with the shorter shots, as the speed comes down, naturally spin comes down as well so everything that we're trying to do with those shorter shots is to try and generate a bit of spin so when it hits the hits the green you know you've got lots and lots of control on that golf ball it's not just gonna hit the green and just roll out to wherever it wants to so thinking of it that way sometimes helps justify why you may need a different shaft or a different lie in one or many of your wedges. Now, in my golf bag, I use Dynamic Gold X100 Tour Issues. And in my 58-degree uh, wedge, I've got a Dynamic Gold S400 Tour Issue. And I've also made that club a little bit flatter than the rest of them. So for me personally, because I've only got three wedges in the bag, my 58 degree wedge and also my 52 I'm, and I mean to be honest with you now that I don't play that much it probably wouldn't be a bad idea for me for me to put an S-Flex uh, shaft in my 52 degree wedge <coughs> excuse me but because I've only got three wedges in the bag and I really like you know changing what I do with my wedges and knocking them down you know putting them back in my stance a little bit opening the face um I do often use those golf clubs with much, much slower speeds than I would with my pitching wedge. I don't really like playing around with my pitching wedge too much. Um, but I love playing around with the wedges and you know changing the distance, the trajectory, and trying to manipulate the golf ball. Um, I find it a lot of fun, I've got to be honest. Um, so the reason why I've done it, like I say, is because of the speed. So going back to the question, you know, what shaft should I put in the wedges? Now, a really good starting point would be to make sure that you've at least got the same shaft in your wedges compared to your irons. Because if, you know, those Modus 130 S-Flex irons uh, feel really good in a full shot, they're probably going to feel really good in a full shot with your wedges as well. That's the truth about it. Um, so it's a really, really good start point. Um, if, for whatever reason that you're like me and you uh, you like playing a lot of knockdown shots and you're going to play a lot of softer shots with whatever club it is in your bag, then that's where you'd need to start to look elsewhere. 
and look for other options uh, from a shaft perspective. So if you've got 130 mortars in the irons and they're S-flex, a really good start point is to think, well, I'm going to keep the weight the same. 130 grams is fairly heavy for an iron. But what I'm going to do is maybe change the flex. So you've got two options when it comes to the flex. You either drop down to a regular or what you request when you get the irons built is to maybe soft step the wedge shafts which is kind of, it's almost like half a flex. So you'll be going into a, um, a regular plus, I guess, um, or an S minus, whichever way you want to call it. You're just going to drop down in flex a little bit, which is going to really, really allow you to generate a little bit of feel through those shots where you're just going to reduce the speed quite nicely. That would be the first thing. If that's not an option, then increasing the swing weight would be another good option. So the more weight that you put into the head, the more force is going to start going through the shaft, right? And the more stress is going to put on the shaft. That may help feel. It may not because you might be a player that, you know, doesn't like the the, the sensation or the feeling of something really, really heavy. And 130 grams with a heavy swing weight is... Uh, is going to feel really heavy. <laughs> um, there's, there's no two ways about it. So that that would be a good start point. The, the other the other way, um, or the other option then, is just to go into something which is completely different. Now, when you pick up a shaft uh, or a club off the shelf, I know with TaylorMade and Titleist, uh, and I know Callaway have had these shafts in their stock clubs for a long time. They call them wedge flex, um, but they're essentially a dynamic gold S200 shaft. Um it's going to be in and around the same weight as a, mo- a modus within a couple of grams, a modus 130 anyway. Um, so that might be a nice little option for you. The step patterns are a little different in the S200s compared to the modus, but uh, the modus 130. So that might be something which I would test. And you can probably test that quite easily um, because they, they're in most demo clubs and demo wedges. You've got other shafts like the KBS High Rev 2.0. That's a good shaft, which will feel quite soft for the wedges. Um, like I've said, you can go into a Nippon 130 regular, potentially soft step, um, and 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 then outside of that, really, is it's just about testing different weights. Now, what I always recommend is to go heavier in the wedges, but because you're already very heavy, the only way in which you're going to change the weight typically is actually by coming down in weight, um, which would be. A little bit up to the norm, but it doesn't mean that it's not going to work, put it that way. Um, and you, you've got to be quite open-minded when it comes to this this type of testing. Um, so from a shaft perspective, I hope that helps. From a lie perspective, uh, this again is something which, you know, if you actually think of the reason why that we're trying to change the lie uh, on wedges, well, you know, when, when you actually hit a golf ball, if you're looking uh, at someone's video from face on, you'll probably see uh, the golf club bend into the right or bend into the left, whichever way it shows up on camera. Um, And that's typically the way in which people think the the shafts bend. But actually, if you look at someone from down the line, so if you were trying to analyze someone's swing and look at it at the top of the swing and see whether the face is open or closed, um, or if you're standing at the back of a tee and somebody's on the middle of the tee hitting a shot, that's the kind of view that I'm referring to. um, The shaft actually bends downwards as well. And the amount it will bend downwards will be dictated by the amount of force that's going to be put through the shaft. So as as an example, uh, the club speed, it'll be based on the the flex of the the shaft and the weight in the head. So if you think that 
that force is going to be reduced, so the speed is going to be reduced heavily when you're hitting the wedge shot. Also, the amount of bend through the shaft is also going to be reduced as well. Even if you put a wedge shaft in there, um, it's probably going to be reduced. So as that shaft bends down and down towards the ground, the the toe essentially is also going closer to the ground. So if you're going to be hitting shots, like little 30, 40 yard pitches, where you're not going to get that bend, essentially the club is going to play more upright. So what we will do is change the lie angle so we're not relying on the bend of the shaft or the vertical bend of the shaft um, to, to manipulate the lie angle or to generate the right lie angle when you hit the golf ball. Wedges are very intricate things. It's very easy to get wedge and wedges wrong. Um, the grinds these days, uh, there's a big difference between the grinds with Titleist. I know they've got a whole host of different grinds. Um, and it's one of the reasons why I absolutely love fitting with the Volky range is because, you know, especially when you get to that higher lofted end, you know, you've got the K grind, you've got the D grind, you've got the M grind, you've got the S grind, you've got the uh, the L grind as well. And, you know, you've got a fantastic range of options there uh, from a bounce perspective. Um it's not just whether you need low or high bounce or mid bounce. You know, the, the actual way in which the sole is ground is as important as that bounce number. And that's something which I would, um, you know, really think about. And if anybody's got any questions on that, um, if that doesn't make sense, then uh, then please let me know. That's probably a, a topic where I need to, to show you things. So I might do a YouTube video on that perhaps. But um, but yeah, on, on the shafts, uh, go for something softer, try and maintain the weight or go a little heavier. With the lie angle, a degree or two soft, uh, flatter, like you've already mentioned, is a really, really good starting point. Um, and then when it comes to the bounce and grinds, you've said already that you know you've you've got this sorted. But um, I'd really encourage you to to go and have a practice with the wedges that you've been recommended. Put them through their paces. Make sure you hit all the shots from all different lies: ball above the feet, ball below the feet, firm surfaces, soft surfaces, bare surfaces, lush surfaces, uh, in the rough, out of the, the the fringe, in the bunkers. You know, really, really, really put these wedges through the test because there's going to be a situation where they're not going to perform as good as others, um, and it's just trying to find a way of, uh, of of mitigating those situations and trying to make those situations where the wedges don't quite work well enough. Um, we want to make those as good as possible. And that, that's why a lot of players would grind their wedges, you know, and take a little bit of bounce off here and there. Uh, it's something which is uh, incredibly crucial. So I hope that helps. If there's something I've missed in that question uh, to this listener, then uh, please let me know and um, I will certainly go over it again. Or if there's anything that you'd like me to elaborate on, then uh, by all means, I will do. Now, I promised at the start that I was going to do uh, a... Well, actually, I don't know if I promised uh, at the start. I can't really remember. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to do the draw now for the free golf ball to your choice. Uh, this is going to be very randomised. I've got all of the names on a list here, and I'm just going to go... I'm going up and down the list here, and I'm just going to flick it down and see where it stops. Okay, so this one has stopped on uh, Phil Dean. Phil, if you're listening, congratulations. I will also send you an email because I've got your email address on you. So congratulations, Phil. You have uh, one a golf, uh, a dozen golf balls of your choice. They can be Callaway, TaylorMade, Titleist, whatever you want. Um, even Strixon, and I will uh, send them across to you. I want to say a big thanks uh, to everyone who's listening. 
Thank you very much. I really appreciate your attention. Like I said at the start, if you can share this with someone or share it on social media, I would be incredibly grateful. Uh, and keep the questions coming. It's very good to have these uh, from a content standpoint. And uh, I certainly enjoy uh, enjoy it a lot, actually. I enjoy answering these questions. So uh, good, good luck golfing this week. Hope you have plenty of pars and birdies. And uh, I'm sure you'll hear from me soon. Welcome to...